Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Primetime Titans. It's JG. A little different recording. We got a uh, virtual recording for y'all. We're talking about the Chargers win. Huge win for the Titans. And uh, we bring you our reactions. Enjoy. I hear the train a-coming. It's rolling around a bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on All right, here we go. Primetime Titans. It's JG. And I'm Pettit. And I'm Robert. And uh, it might sound a little different to y'all. We're actually recording virtually. Uh, first time virtually, right? We've had some call-ins before, but we're uh we're not we're not actually at my house we're not recording through the the mixer and the mics right now i appreciate y'all hopping on on this uh how are we feeling it's monday night we watched some monday night football and uh the titans won yesterday Pettit, how you feeling i feel good i uh it was it was definitely one of those things where after we won i was like wow i i really haven't experienced a titans victory in a in a long time yeah and uh, I didn't realize until after we won how long it had been, and uh, it felt really good to get a W under the belt. I don't know. Did you guys see the percentage on likelihood of making the playoffs if you go zero and two, one and one, and two and zero? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So our chances to make the playoffs jumped. Season would have been yeah. over. I was. I am not feeling great. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I don't think this is a very good football team. I think it's a great D-line, possibly a top three D-line in the NFL. And I think we're just going to waste it. I really do. We can get into more We can get into more why, you know, later I can get on my soapbox. Uh, you know, surprise, surprise, it has to do with number 17. But, um, yeah, I, I it, don't get me wrong, good to get a win, but I just – the team that I saw on Sunday is not going to beat, you know, 70% of teams in the NFL, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I get the concern from the from the start, but, I mean, we were balling at the end. I think I saw something that Tannehill might have been perfect in the fourth quarter. So Didn't have any complaints. We, in my opinion, I, I think the first five quarters of the season – we very clearly came out and identified some weaknesses from last year in our offense. And we had a new passing game. We had a new philosophy. We're going to pass the ball on first downs. We're going to go out and empty sets. We're going to put pressure on the defense. And through five quarters, it was very clear to everyone watching that Tannehill couldn't execute that new offense. I think part of it is the O-line. I don't think we have the pieces up front. But if Tannehill doesn't have an absolutely perfect O-line, he cannot run a modern-day NFL offense. His escapability is completely gone. Some of his decision-making is questionable. We saw all those wide-open receivers all over the field in the Saints game. And through through the first quarter yesterday, it was pretty clear it wasn't working either. And so I think we saw a shift in the middle of the second quarter back to that downhill, I-formation, running game with play action pass over the top, which is where we saw that Traylon Burks bomb and oh, I think we lost we went back it. to it and is what we needed to do to win the game. But it's very concerning because I don't think 
I mean, that's just the same. The, the last three quarters were the same old Titans with, you know, a worse O line and a worse quarterback. And I personally think Derek has lost a step too. I don't think he's as as good as he has been. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I think we're wasting a great defense. I think um, Tannehill is an is a he's closer to forty than he is to thirty. He made some good plays. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that Chargers defense is very good. Um, and I think I think no, I didn't see anything yesterday that makes me think we're going to do anything special this year. We're going to be nine and eight. We're going to be eight and nine. We might sneak in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm going to pull my hair out every single day, every single game, watching Tannehill play football. And uh, you know, I'm already, I'm already. I'm already draft gazing. I'm already looking at, you know, I'm watching, I watched Drake May this on Saturday against uh, UNC versus, um, versus Minnesota. You know, I did a little scouting. The Bama game was on. Uh, there were a couple other good games are on, but, you know, I, I, uh, I decided, let me go check out Drake May. It was kind of a blowout. I just wanted to see what he was like. Just, just dreaming a little bit. You, uh, you keeping your eye on, Shadur Sanders as well or yeah. something? Yeah, I tried to stay up for that Colorado game, but I fell asleep. <laughs> um, there's some good quarterbacks in next year's draft. I I, I don't think uh, I don't think 17. I think he's he's a show of himself back there. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's how I saw it on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, it the. <laughs> The way Robert just started talking, I feel like we gotta we gotta remind everyone we did win twenty seven twenty four. We won in overtime. Nick Folk got us a uh, game winning field goal, which that okay, that's gotta feel great that we've we've got a kicker. You know, it's not like a few years ago we had Gaskowski miss a lot and then barely got the kicks when he needed to. Uh, Randy Bullock isn't here anymore. Sam Sloman isn't in game winners off the post. You know, but we got Nick Folk, and I'm happy about that. So that's one thing. Uh, I don't know. 27, 24, the, the beginning was not great. Uh, Chargers kind of seemed like they were doing whatever they wanted to on us. It was it was your classic bend don't break defense. Like we, I mean, the amount of times they would just easily get down to the red zone, and then we kind of had to. You know, step it up. Let me ask you a question. Uh, the D line interrupt you real yeah, quick. Yeah, what's up? If Austin Eckler and Joey Bosa are healthy, what's the final score of that game? Well, I think Joey Bosa still was disruptive to where I don't know if Joey Bosa was the biggest, like him being injured. I don't know. Eckler, they might have been better in the red zone maybe a little better in the red zone, but I mean, our run defense is still good. So I, I don't know if it was like Josh Kelly's a pretty capable, capable running back and capable backup. So I don't know if that was that huge of a difference. Maybe, yeah, maybe Eckler would have helped them in the red zone some, but I don't know. I, I don't, at the end of the day, that wasn't the case. And we, we, we pulled it's it true. out. So, yeah. Sometimes that's what, I, that's what happens with, I think, uh, I mean, you could play that, you know, if Blank wasn't hurt, what would the outcome be? Especially, you could play that whole game last two years with the Titans, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, who knows what would have happened the last two years on if we would have had a healthy squad. Um, but I don't know. I think I think this is a game you build on. I'm hopeful. I think this I'm hopeful. Is a game, this is a total confidence game. It was like, oh wait, we're not. You know, we're not crap. No, Tannehill. Tannehill. You know, after that sack. He really stepped. That sack was atrocious. Oh, yeah, but honestly, after re- watching the replay of it, it it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as I thought when watching it live. Because you look at it and they snuffed out that screen yeah, to Derrick Henry. But just throw it in the I, yeah. But the guy was kind of there too, so I understand a little bit more of like when you kind of rewatch it, you're like, okay, Tenhill thought maybe Derrick could kind of still get out of that. Um. So, but watching it live was like, oh my gosh, that was that was so bad. I was like, I'm out on Tannehill completely. That was terrible. But then from there on out, I mean, Tannehill took some hits, and he was still delivering some passes. That one to, uh, I think it was Nick Westbrook Akina. Yep. I mean, dude got. I mean, Tannehill got lit up. I mean, helmet like basically right to his his face, uh, and then gets right back up and. The sad thing is I think the only way we have a successful passing game is if he that happens every single game. I mean, he yeah. he 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 has completely lost his ability to move around in the pocket. He can't evade yeah. rushers, he can't step up. He's lost whatever lateral speed he had. I think he still has some of that straight line speed. We saw it on the uh triple option touchdown run. So, you know, there's some hope there, but he just I don't know what it is when there's bullets flying. He cannot navigate. Like Tom Brady was not the fastest at all. Tom Brady was not the most athletic, but he had the best pocket mobility and escapability in the pocket that I'd ever seen. You know, I've ever seen. Peyton Manning was really good at it. Tannehill just, yeah. it's not, it, he doesn't understand. I don't know if you don't understand it. It doesn't, it doesn't um, he doesn't have the interior blocking to be able to step up, but um. Yeah, I think he's gonna have to take one in the face like six, seven, eight times a game. Yeah, I think th- there's something, uh, something to be said about the offensive line for sure. It's still somewhat of a of a problem. There was actually some I wanted to uh, a, a X, I guess, a tweet. I still want to call it a tweet. Paul Kaharski said the story of the game on offense for the Titans against the Chargers. Drives when they allowed a sack. 26 plays, 27 net yards, five first downs, zero points. Drives when they didn't allow a sack. 39 plays, 333 net yards, 17 first downs, 27 points. So the drives when we when we didn't allow a sack, that's, that's when we scored. I don't know if we're going to have a ton of games where we're, we're not giving up sacks. I mean, we gave up. But I think there were – I don't know how many sacks they had against us. Five. Four or five, probably. Five, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be something. And it's ah, – I don't know. It's, we got to be better up front still. But I don't know. It's, it's tough. Some positives I have. Okay. I think Tajay Spears is your starting running back in 2025. I'm sorry, 2024. I think uh, I think unless Derek wants to wants to stay on a team friendly deal, um, 
his contract's up, and I I would Wait, imagine is his contract up next year? Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, I would imagine Rand Carthon wants to kind of rebuild the team in the direction that I think Tim Kelly is trying to, you know, push it to, like we saw in the Saints game in the first quarter of the Chargers game. Um, I think you could see a Willis Tajay Spears backfield and to start off in twenty twenty four. Oh, I don't Willis as the starting quarterback. Hey, listen, that'll be your three. Isn't this isn't this uh, Jordan Love's third year? Or is it I think it's Jordan Love's like fourth or fifth year. Well, Jordan Love was really bad in his first start against the Chiefs last year or two years ago. Yeah, but I feel like Jordan Love has shown a little bit more flashes than Malik Willis. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jordan Love basically had that one game and he was an unknown. And he had a terrible game. And I'm just saying, guys can grow behind when they're not thrust into the starter role. Guys can grow. Um, That's true. But I think Tajay Spears is – he's the real deal. He's awesome. And I, to, I told everyone – everyone wanted to jump on Rand Carthon. Everyone wanted to jump on the Titans because we drafted a guy with no ACL. Well, guess what? He doesn't have an ACL to tear. He's going right. to be fine. <laughs> the dude balls out. We never got to really talk about the draft class. But this guy, like I remember telling my friend from work, James, I was like, a dude that's going to be fun to keep an eye on in fantasy this year is going to be Tajay Spears, depending on what team he goes to. Now he got drafted by the Titans, so maybe not as great of a fantasy option because of Derrick Henry. But he is awesome, and I absolutely love him. The little shifty plays he was making, that's exactly what we need. That's what we thought Deion Lewis was going to be. That's what we thought. Uh, I don't know. Jeremy McNichols had to be that at times. But Tajay Spears Evans. is awesome, and I love that guy. The other guy, what would you say, Pettit? I said Darrington Evans. Oh, gosh. Tough. The other guy, I thought he was, but the other that. major positive I thought was yeah. Traylon Burks. Um, I don't know why we don't take three – deep shots a game to him at least. I mean, that should be no matter if he's covered, uncovered, unless there's two over, you know, there's a safety over top and he's double covered. I think, you know, you got to be uncorking it three times a game to him because he was even with that corner when Tannehill unloaded it and Burks just outran him to the ball. And um, I mean, Tannehill and, um, put everything into that throw. Everything he had. I threw that so far. Good thing he had. Yeah. But I actually, confession, I was in the bathroom for that long play. uh, And I just heard the crowd go crazy. I was like, what just happened? And I ran out of the bathroom and it was, uh, they were like, Traylon Burks, long play. And I came back to the seats and I was like, I missed that play. I was in the bathroom. They're like, you better go to the bathroom more often. Because that was when the game kind of started to turn around. Um, I mean that that did change the game. Like, oh, completely. I, think I was listening to, yeah, I was listening to one hundred four five yesterday. The Brent Doherty and Kevin Dyson at the end of the game, um, and I think it, it was like Tannehill was nineteen of twenty two or nineteen of twenty. He had some crit. He just was insanely better the rest of the game uh, mm-hmm. after that play, which is. That's what you need. Plays like that. 
can turn this this season around. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's a pure confidence throw. Like, I mean, he he needed that. That was a that was a. I'm gonna throw it as far as I can, and if this catch doesn't happen, then he was getting benched. He was, <laughs> it was he, at he, the point. He, he, he was. It was it was getting close to that point, and then he made that catch, and then he goes, "Oh wow, I got this," and I think that might have that that was the flip where I was like, "Okay, well, you know, now we're curious about next week if that." I mean, if we look back on the season, like if we have a very successful season, that's the play. That's that exact throw was the reason that he turns out to be good this season. That is something you can build on. And my question to you, John Garrett, I uh, saw on Twitter that there were some boo birds out for Tannehill. Was that? Right after the sack and before that long touchdown throw to Burks. Yeah, yeah, it was when when that sack happened, they were starting to run off because I actually it was what was running through my head was Eli Drinkwitz got mad at Missouri fans for booing their mm-hmm. quarterback and Missouri ended up winning. Uh, I was thinking that in my head like, oh crap, here come the boos. Like you hate to see it, but I, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm I'm not a big boo guy. Uh, my dad always kind of taught me not to boo the other team and definitely not boo your team. Um, so uh, he also taught me the the wonderful, if someone gets hurt in the game, hope he's okay on Monday. Um, I know that's a, that's a crowd favorite for sure, but yeah, he, so he taught me never to boo. Did he teach so, you to take your hat off and your glasses when you talk to adults? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did actually. Uh, I hope they but, hear that in Boulder. <laughs> it was, but it was funny because I was, I was kind of sitting there like, I mean, can you blame the Titans fans right now? This is, this, this is what's happening right now. This, this is where the fan base is. We're getting fed up. Tannehill really did look awful against the Terrible. Saints. He looked horrible. He looked yeah. stiff. He looked like he had no idea what was going on. He missed open receivers. He was not making good throws. He was locked on to DeAndre Hopkins way too much, which. D-Hop is a target machine and can catch anything thrown to him. But when you keep throwing to him and they end up being horrible passes like he had on a lot of those picks, I mean, you, you're not going to – you can't keep He's doing gonna that. He's going to start and off so, the first drive. Exact same thing. Yeah. So I will say to build off of the, the point of receivers, Chris Moore and NWI – Robert, I, I want to hear if your take on NWI has changed at all. Chris Moore is – I mean, the NWI and Chris Moore are wide receiver three and four. They're not asked to do anything more, and that's exactly what we need them to be. There was a play, I think, one of Tajay Spears' runs. Both of them made key blocks on that play, and it was it was awesome. And stuff like that. Like, we don't need NWI to be our best receiver. We don't even need to, him to be our second best receiver. He can be good as receiver. Th- I mean, he's arguably been our best, one of our best receivers so far. The first I agree, games. and I, I think where I okay, there's two two things that I get frustrated with still is on that deep ball to Chris Moore. I know he caught it. I want that to be Traylon Burks. If you're gonna dial that up, put Traylon in there. He's faster. He's stronger. You you invested a first round pick. He's supposed to be the AJ Brown you know, replacement, like why are we have a 30 year old Chris Moore in there? I just don't even understand putting him in the game in the first place. I I'm glad he caught it, but that's my, I'm, I'm just like, I don't un, I, put it, put trailing in. 
Traylon should get three deep balls a game. That should have been his second one. I will say, though, one of our biggest complaints, and I actually said this in the game, one of our biggest complaints last year was the personnel being way too, uh, like, just obvious for what play was about to happen. And I actually said on that play, I hope I'm remembering right, and I'm pretty sure I am. Pretty sure there were just two receivers out there, NWI and Chris Moore. And I remember turning to Slammy T. I, he was with me at the game. And I go, see, we got those two guys out there. What We're probably running yeah. the ball. And then we threw it deep to Chris Moore. Like, Fun, but against a be- better defense, even though they think it's run, those DBs, I don't know. I still think they're going to be able to cover Chris Moore and NWI. That's been a, fr- a frustration I've had with Vrabel's teams since he's been here. I don't think it's going to change. Um, the other thing I get frustrated by, I know NWI had some really good plays, some good, some good catches. I'm proud of him for doing that. I don't want to see him getting more targets than Traylon Burks. That whatever NWI's target is like his target count, if it's four targets a game, fine. Traylon needs more than that. I don't care if NWI is getting the ball, as long as it's not in key situations, right? He, I'm not like he can't get plays dialed up for him. But there should never, there should not be a game this season where Traylon Burks gets less targets than NWI. It's just, and I firmly believe that's on Tannehill. I think it's some on coaching, but I firmly believe that's on Tannehill. And um, I just don't understand his lack of ability to throw the ball to our best players, except when you get DeAndre Hopkins and all of a sudden we force feed him. Um, so it's a picky thing for me, and I don't think it's going to change. Uh, I, I did. I do think NWI has improved. I think he looks better out there than he did last year. Would you all agree with that? Well, yeah. He's also going up against a. Like, he's just in a role that fits him significantly better than what he was in the last two years. Like being a third wide receiver is kind of what we've expected him to be the whole time we've had him. You know what I mean? And now it's yeah. like, okay, this is great. Uh, you, you're not asking to be a wide receiver two. And, you know, at times we're asking him to be wide receiver one. Uh, so, I mean, if he's wide receiver one, he's not hard to guard. You know what I mean? But now it's like, okay, well, Hopkins is opening up, opening up the field. Traylon Burks is opening up the field. Can, can he, you know, kind of find the weak spot in the defense? It's like, yeah, I, I think he can. Um, so, yeah, I think he's doing significantly better. One guy that I think has been a huge addition to the team that has been fun to watch already has been Arden Key. Yeah. He's been he's been freaking good. And Sean Sean uh Sean Murphy Bunting has been good too. Yeah. Uh he's he had that tip pass in overtime that was incredible. You know, that was a catch if he doesn't tip that ball. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we might lose that game if he doesn't make that tip. So yep. Uh, guys are stepping up. Also saw that Al Shear. How do you say his name? Um, I think it's Al Shire, the linebacker that we got. Al Shire. He played, I think, basically 100 percent of snaps on defense. Wow. So I mean, he's been good too. So basically, him, Bayard, and um, who's the other guy that played 100 percent of snaps? Mercury. Elijah Bolden. Elijah mm. Bolden. Oh, yeah, Bolden. And Murphy Bunting, yeah, pretty much they all played 100 percent of snaps, which is great to see. 
I thought McCreary showed up a lot in the run game, especially in the first half. He was shooting gaps, and I hadn't seen that from him. I, I wonder. I do think they started playing him more around the line of scrimmage with Imani Hooker being out, um, and I thought McCreary did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to say I definitely wanted to talk about the defense, and uh, before we moved on to them fully, last thing about the offense. Two last things about the offense. Love Chigo Conquo's involvement. And listen to these top 10 offensive grades via PFF. Let's hear it. We, we sometimes like doing this, even though you know, PFF isn't the end all be all. But when it supports you and gives you good stuff, I know this is going. then I like bringing it up. It usually gives you a general view. You know what I mean? Number one, Robert's favorite player, number 17, Ryan Tannehill. With a 92.5 grade. All right, before you move number on to number two, two can I just provide one one comment? Lamar Jackson got a 79 PFF grade. Did you watch that Ravens-Bengals game? No, because I was at the Titans game. Lamar Jackson was doing things on a football field that Tannehill can't do in his dreams. And so sometimes PFF, it maybe it, it evaluates how you execute a specific play, but it doesn't take into account – the fact that maybe the coaches aren't calling plays that they would normally call if you were a lot better player. So that's just, you know, something I thought I'd say. Yeah. That's fair. But did Lamar Jackson go 20 of 24 for 246 yards? I don't think so. I'm just kidding. Number two, Tajay Spears, Dylan Radins, oh. number three, 74.3. Should we talk about who didn't start the game? Yeah. Should we talk about who started the game? Who? Who did I actually Xavier know, Newman? Was it Xavier Newman? John? Terrible. Oh, John Garrett. You, if you get if you get a chance to go back and watch it uh, on the on the broadcast, Xavier Newman was bad. He was uh, who was that? Was, was it the? He the played Kenneth twelve Murray snaps. Sack early in the game. I mean, it was like three plays in a row on the first drive. Who was that um, guy we had three years ago against the Bills? The guard uh, number seventy, I think. The guard or the tackle, the Bobby Hart guy? No, no, no. The guard who got spun around like a top. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm going to look him up real quick. Um, but, yeah, Chris Hubbard, the right tackle, the guy in place of NPF, he's been doing good. Yeah, so there were others as well. We don't have to go down the line. But um, I thought overall offense definitely a lot better than the Saints. But – Getting back to the defense, Pettit, like you said, Sean Murphy Bunting was actually number one on defense for us, 84.1. Also, keep in mind, we didn't have – He played so well. He was – I mean, watching on TV, he just took over some plays. Keep in mind, we didn't have Hooker or Fulton today yeah. – or on Sunday. And Trey Avery, I know he might have had a rough game, but at the same time, like, they were throwing to him all the time. You're, you're not going to – I don't know. I, that kind of game was almost expected from him. He has his moments at times. He's been fine for what we ask him to do. Yeah. But, you know, he's I also thought, I, again, I haven't looked at these ratings yet, but Kevin Byard, he didn't have any great plays, but he was guarding guys and they were making, you know, pretty solid catches on him. But he wasn't allowing a single additional yard after they caught the ball. Like he was on him. So I, I think. You know, maybe his grade might be probably low, I'd imagine, but I thought he played actually pretty well. 
Even though, like, I mean, his grade, he didn't play amazing. He was number eight on the team with a 68.2. Yeah. Um, so really not that bad. Yeah. I think, but I think like he played well just situationally. I think he got kind of unlucky on some situations, but he was there. Yeah. You ready, Robert? You, you found him? I found him. Here's the name. Are you ready? Yeah. Jameel Douglas. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Remember him? Yes, I remember him. Worse than Jameel Douglas. Dude, that guy. Yeah, I do remember him. He was horrible. He was so bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, Aziz Alshire is a beast. And I remember, uh, I think it was like a, it was a preseason game. The Dolphins were playing the Texans. And David Long was kind of all over the field in the, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I he was playing. Yeah. And I immediately was thinking like Titans fans are not going to love seeing David long on the dolphins. Cause he's probably going to get a little more pub being a dolphins player now. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to remind myself that Aziz Alshire was our replacement for David long. And hopefully he stays healthier than David Long does because we all know what happened with David Long. I mean, yeah. So far, so good. Goodness gracious. Jack Gibbons played a lot too. I mean, I don't think he's nearly as good, but he, he, you know, he did fine. What, so he keep going through to, the ratings. Who were who top five? Uh, number one was Sean Murphy Bunting. Number two was Mike Brown. He's like a DB that came in. yeah. He should have uh, had a pick. He oh he sh- I don't really snaps he catch that that was um, the classic that's my defense. get twenty snaps thirty percent of plays I think he um, went in on like our six DB package on third down number three Jeffrey Simmons seventy five point four he played number so four, well yeah so uh, number four Roger McCreary seventy three point six Aziz Alshire seventy one point seven and then. Gibbons, Tart, Byard, Naquan Jones, Elijah Moulton. So Tart, Simmons, Danico Autry, and Arden Key, they are each due every single week for – they get like one or two plays where they just absolutely dominate whoever they're going against. I mean, you can just almost put it in Sharpie. They are all good. And Harold Landry, honestly, I have been a little disappointed by. He had that – you know, game saving sack on fourth down to cause a field goal. Um, but I'm not sure he's all the way back yet. He doesn't quite seem like himself. I'm going to pay more attention to him. Which next is fine. I mean, if he's just going to get better and better, then that's fine. Like we know he's a, you know, he's an every down uh, the end and he, you know, played about 80% of snaps, which is pretty good. So he's getting back to like, full game fitness and then once he gets there i mean it's only he's only going to get better and better i i think i think by mid-season he'll he'll find his form i hope you're right i want to see that nasty bend that he's you know uh, we know coming out of the draft that was like his calling card and he has had so many sacks on his career for or with yeah i mean so with this defense, I know the Saints game 
it was a little concerning with Chris Olave kind of doing his, you know, whatever he wanted, Rashid Shahid. And now, you know, Keenan Allen had a big day. Mike Williams had a big day. Herbert was fine throwing the ball over the place. Is it something that it's that's just how our defense is and we're a bend don't break defense and whenever we got to step up, we got guys making sacks. Are we like Robert, were you concerned? I think what you were saying earlier, you definitely were saying this game didn't really give you any reassurance about the offense being any better the rest of the year. But would you say, are you like to a level of concern for the rest of the year with the defense? No, I think, I think we have a top five defense. I really believe that. I think the, the, the only hole on our defense right now is a number one corner, like a, like a legit stud who you can put on a number one wide receiver, like a Jalen Ramsey. Um, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Sauce Gardner, somebody who you just can you can stick him on there and you know it's going to be a dogfight. If we had that, I would almost say this is a championship-level defense. Now, I'm a little bit uh, – you know, Jack Gibbons and Al Shire remains to be seen there if they're going to be championship-level linebackers. Um, but I think Hooker – Byard, McCreary, Molden, uh, Murphy Bunting, like those guys are really good on the back end. They're it really just really solid. And I think we have a top three D line. Um, I was frustrated by that last drive of regulation where they just kind of, it seemed like we had kind of changed our defense. Maybe we went a little prevent. Um, Mike Williams was kind of torching us. It was like 10, 12, 15 yards, right? Three plays in a row. Uh, I wish we had, provided a little bit more friction for them to just easily go down the field. Um, but I think if we had a number one corner, man, like that, we could, a guy we could stick on a lave, a guy we could have stuck on Keenan Allen. I think that's what we're missing. And we need Christian Fulton to be that guy. And I, I just, I am quickly losing hope that he can a stay healthy or be uh, even when healthy, be that cover guy who we can rely on. Pettit, what do you think? I mean, I think you make a pretty good point because uh, our biggest problem has been giving up the big plays to the superstars, essentially. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Fulton. I think healthy, he's a, a really great cornerback. I think healthy, I still don't know if he's, you know, top top tier. I think he's definitely above average and is he's a really good player. But I don't know if he's like a top tier um, cornerback. I really, I really like Fulton. So I'm saying this from a point of like, I think he's, I think he's a really great Titan. I think he's seems like a hard worker. He seems like a good guy. Um, I like watching him on the field. But I don't know if he is an elite cornerback. Um, and we, I mean, that is kind of what we're missing on defense. I think if you do have that guy, it does really shut down their pass. And if we could shut down the pass, even just what minimize those big plays by one or two, I mean, that just opens up the D line to do their thing even more and more. But honestly, when you, when you watch some of that game though, the, the DBs stepped up on a couple plays. There was one where Justin Herbert had so much time back there and it was, I don't know if it led to a sack or like a throwaway or something. And it was like, okay, the, the DBs stepped up there. So I do think our defense has potential to do very, very well either way with or without like a top tier cornerback. So I've got a trade proposition for y'all. Whoa. 
Ryan Tannehill. <clears throat> Ryan Tannehill for DJ Reed. Straight up. Do y'all know who DJ Reed yeah, is? Yeah, the, there's the Jets other corner. They're not going to do that. Why not? They got soft starter. Because DJ Reed. They need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah but. Until. It, Dude, Rodgers <laughs> coming back. Apparently Aaron Rodgers is coming back in in January. So they just need a guy to get them to the playoffs. Which they probably think. Yeah, but they can't afford. They can't afford Tannehill. Yeah. We would have to pay for that. All right. We a little cap money. <laughs> we get a we get a young, legit number one corner, and we just ride. With that doesn't help us. That doesn't help us that much. I think it does. I think we get it. And we lose every game. No, dude, we're gonna lose every game with Tannehill. It's a net. It's a. It's Isaiah Wilson. We literally, literally it's an Isaiah Wilson situation where Tannehill. addition by subtraction. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I am I'm sticking that in the trade machine and considered me on the Ryan Tannehill for DJ Reed trade consideration. We'd have to I mean, we'd have to throw like a draft pick in there or something. They they wouldn't do that. DJ all, Reed is an important They're piece all in on the season. Zach Wilson had three picks against the Cowboys. <laughs> There's just no way that would Tannehill three picks against the. So you're saying the Jets say no? You saying the Jets say no? Yeah. Hey, if, you're also, the, if you're if you're Rand Carthon, you say yes. No. So you're t- you're saying they both say no? I think it's a lose lose for both. I'm saying it would never happen. That's what well, I'm, I'm saying. Who says no first? Who? Uh, I think Rand Carthon has to have an emergency meeting over the weekend with the front office, and they're like, "Hey guys, we need to really consider this." And I think there's a chance, there's a world where Rand Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel are smoking cigs in the golf course on, you know, Monday morning after they, before they go in to review game film and they're like, hey, we got this offer on the table. DJ Reed is our, is, is, is Willis that much worse than Tannehill? I don't know. I don't think probably he lost. He, hey, don't forget, Will Levis lost to Vandy. Don't ever forget that. Matt Liberty we can lose two in the NFL. No, you're thinking of Malik. You're thinking of Will Levis. Oh, Willis. Sorry, I thought you said Levis. I thought you said Levis. I thought you said Levis. Hey, one other thing. Uh, I think we can put to bed the whole like 30 percent of the Titans fan base is just pissed at the Titans because we drafted Will Levis. All the Vols fans. I think. Uh, I think that stating was loud enough to where we know that wasn't. Uh, that's not the case. That's not going to be a problem moving forward. I, Wait, what? Yeah, have you not seen this like internal battle amongst Titans fans because Vols fans are pissed that we drafted a player from Kentucky? I thought it was the dumbest thing. What? No, no, no. I, I, I get why we don't like Will Levis. I do not. Are you trying to say that we people want him in based on no people? How they the game? People are trying to make the argument that it was like a. Middle finger to the Titans fan base because we drafted the quarterback from Kentucky, and that they weren't going to support the Titans because of it. Uh, 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 I thought it was the- it, it. It was a. It was a. It was an interesting pick. He went to the worst fan base I think he could have gone to in the entire NFL, like the least welcoming for him. Yeah, like we know him best, and we know he's not good. So, 
I thought it was although I thought it was incredibly dumb. That whole point it was like the Titans have spit on the Vols fan base. Well, I don't know the the Will Levis thing is like the only thing. I don't know. I don't even really. I, I'm a Vols and Titans fan. That's true. They've literally drafted so many Vols. Yeah, I'm a Vols. Theo Jackson. Yeah, I'm a Vols and Titans fan to where like I. I just, Give me a Dobbs. I just don't think that that's a thing. Also, something to monitor. I'm watching the Browns Steelers game, and uh, we play the Browns next week. And Nick Chubb just got carted off the field. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, I don't know what it was, but I don't think it's good. Um, Your backup is Jerome Ford, and Jerome Ford just scored a, a touchdown. I think. Um, but, yeah, Nick yeah. Chubb's on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, so I almost—they're uh, they're not even showing the replay. It's that bad, supposedly. John Garrett, I had Jerome Ford on my roster, and then talked to you three nights ago and picked up Sean Tucker instead. So, sorry about that. Uh, I did. Tough, I actually man. have Nick Chubb in my office fantasy league, so that's not the best. But no, yeah, hope he is okay. But just saying, that's something to monitor. I mean, we're playing the playing them next week. That could be a big loss. That could be two, three teams in a row to start the year that we don't face a team starting running back. Alvin Kamara with the Saints, Austin Eckler with the Chargers, Nick Chubb with the Browns. That's kind of that's kind of a crazy stat. That's that's kind of nuts. Maybe a little uh, that's a crazy stat. injury luck finally going in the Titans' way after the last two years from hell. Ah, uh, well, maybe we'll see. But our one other thing uh, I'll say is on that game that I know we'll try to get a pot out to preview but right now the line is plus four titans plus four and will be interesting to see how that line moves if it trends more towards like the field goal three three and a half or if it goes up towards the seven five you know six and a half by game time um i don't know titans as an underdog have been a pretty good play this year they're they're two and oh against the spread yeah so if you've been betting on the titans you've been making a little money so, uh, I don't know, might be interesting, especially if Chubb's out. But that D-line next week is going to give us absolute problems. Zadaria Smith and Miles Garrett might want – they might make Andre Dillard and Chris Hubbard want to quit, quit football. Pretty sure they have Jim Schwartz too. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he left the Titans and went there. Uh, quick update on the snake draft. Uh, Robert, you had the Saints game one, so you are 0-1. Pettit, you had week two against the Chargers. Pettit is 1-0. Uh, I, and I actually have the Browns next week. So tune in next week, see if I start out 0-1 or join Pettit with the 1-0. and um, Yeah, is there – do we feel like there's anything else we want to talk about? Anything else you're dying to say? Anything else, you know, Robert, do you want to say one more bad thing about Tannehill before we leave or something? Or like what? You know what? Because we won – I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a positive note. The guy's tough, okay, and he cares. At least it's not Mariota who's quitting on the team on a on a win and end situation. It could be it could always be worse. It could always be worse. And Tannehill is tough. He's he's taking some hits that I think a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't be getting back up from. He might be on retirement watch after this year. <laughs> I think so. No, I think I think legitimately. Like, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to make a joke. I don't know. I mean, you might. The more you say it, the more I think about it. I mean, isn't he 36? Yeah, I think so. 
he he's not getting another forty million dollar a year contract. No, that's true. Who knows? His family's been taken care of. That's true. I guess it just depends if he likes Nashville or not. That's what it usually comes down hey, to. Could, I feel like I hope probably stay in Nashville even if he retires. Yeah. Um, Pettit, do you have one? Last I could see it. I could totally see one it. One last thing to leave us on. Um. No, I mean, I I was really nervous throughout that whole game. I <laughs> that whole game made me nervous. Uh, but it was it was very exciting to see. I thought we looked better that game than I I I truly I didn't think we were going to hit that groove for it at all this season after watching the Saints game. So, and how the, the beginning of that game started, I was like, we're we're going to be not entertaining. So. <laughs> on a positive note, I'm thinking even if we even if we lose this season and don't do super well, if we there's hope for us to be fun to watch this season. That's that's what I'm gonna say. And that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to watch with a little bit of enjoyment again. Cause I haven't had that feeling in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. That's a that's a good point. My thing is like this is the most excited I've been for a game like this Browns game, this upcoming game since man, beginning of last season, legitimately. Dang, there was so much disinterest last year that I'm like, finally, I have interest again in the Titans. Finally, it's all I'm asking for. I got, I got two things. Oh. I got two things for y'all as we leave. One, uh. Skronsky was pretty damn good game one. Would have been nice if we had him again this week. I'm going to give y'all crap about Skronsky the entire year because the man is a beast, whether he's playing guard, whether he's playing center, whether he's playing tackle, okay? We need to play him at left tackle. We'll, we'll see. I don't care how long his arms are. We need to play him at left tackle if Raidens is going to be good at guard. My second thing, That's my second thing is uh, – I figured the Titans at least had a shot because the Vols lost on Saturday night. Rarely Brutal. do they ever win uh, both on the same weekend. So the second they lost, the the more I felt like we had a chance. Um, so, yeah, we, we're on the board with a win. We're one and one. It, it doesn't have to be – what is it? It doesn't have to be pretty, but it's beautiful or something. Like I have no idea what I'm saying. It's the classic – Sounds like the director, but I yeah, like it's it. the classic yeah. end of the episode – ramble on but the titans are one and one we win 27 24 thanks to nick folk um and yeah we appreciate y'all tuning in uh we're gonna keep bringing it to you this year keep talking about this game hopefully i don't know <clears throat> oh my gosh hopefully robert starts feeling better hopefully pettit keeps this this interest um like you're one of these days we're gonna have a quarterback that's that's so good, it makes talking about the Titans just a blast. It makes it fun. That's what we need. We need some life in this city. I can't wait. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. <laughs> Maybe that's the direction we're going to get. You know who won't is Kenny Pickett. My gosh, he looks terrible. Yeah, he does not look great. Um, but, yeah, so Titans are one-on-one. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all listening. And uh, I'm JG. I'm Pettit. I'm Robert. And we thank y'all. My mama told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die.
I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. 